0: Bible is is chock full of wisdom, of good practical advice, and uh, it's more than that, obviously, but it's really relevant to anyone that wants to, to benefit from the wisdom that's in it. Solomon, who was one of the wisest people that ever lived, wrote over a thousand proverbs and so many of those are related to finances.
1: Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through inspiration and education so you can be freed up to pursue your true life's purpose. In the studio tonight are myself and Leo Sabo, and we are excited to talk about a question that came in from a listener. And so uh, we had one of our listeners listen to several of our episodes and shoot us a few questions, and one that really stuck out to us, this came from Diane Gonzalez, she said, you know, who have been two or three of the most influential people in your life? And how did that affect you financially? And how did they view money? And and not just them, but the books they've written, the books that we've read, what are the things that have influenced us? So Leo, let's break this down a little bit. What are some of the influences in your life, uh, people and book wise, for you financially?
0: Well, for me, uh, the most influential person that helped me in this area, especially in this area of finances, has been Larry Burkett. And I've talked about him before. He's passed away. He passed away in 2003. But he was a personal mentor to me, although obviously it was never in person. But through his books, through his counsel, through his radio program, much of what I learned early on and really the foundation, the core of what I believe about finances uh, was built at that time. And uh, I owe a lot of gratitude to him because he took a topic that was a mystery to me and confusing to me and helped me to understand it not just from a practical standpoint, but really from a moral and spiritual level, Uh, which I know sometimes we think of money as not being that. But really, when you think about what this program is all about, uh, we want you to pursue your true life's purpose. We're really talking about something that transcends Uh, our life, something that goes beyond just us. So for me, money was always the barrier to being able to really live my full purpose. When money didn't satisfy the things that I was pursuing, what I discovered was that the, the spiritual side of me, the moral side of me, was what was more important and what I really needed to develop and what I really needed to focus on. So once I understood the the wisdom that I received from his counsel and from the books that I read. And of course, as I studied more and more, even reading the Bible and finding so much that the Bible talks about money, it's then that I began to form my foundational belief for not just money, but really life. And so for me, it was really a turning point in my life. And that's really why I dedicated my life to this topic to helping people understand because i really do think it's that important david i think it's one of the most important things that we wrestle in life and if we can get it right if we get money right (laughs) it really does make a tremendous impact in our life that's what i hope that what i can continue to communicate and promote for for the rest of my life
1: yeah i think larry burkett is um, one of the heroes in my mind when it comes to finances Uh, he was one of the first people in the united states that i'm aware of that really took stewardship and managing money from a Christian perspective to a national Mm -hmm. stage and wrote a bunch of books on it, Uh, had a radio Fifty-some books. Fifty-some books. Which is an incredible amount of books. Uh, Unbelievable. Um, Had a radio show, uh, started a whole ministry group around the topic, which influenced of thousands of churches, and then influenced other leaders like Howard Dayton and Ron Blue and Dave Ramsey, and uh, even today, what we do in the church, all of that stems from uh, Larry Burkett. And I know that he was probably standing on the shoulders of other great leaders, but he's one of the first that I'm aware of. Yeah. And uh, and I just I've got to say that's really impacted my life. So anything that Larry's written, uh, so I'll go one step further back than that, and you guys can probably hear the book I'm flipping through it right now. And you'll notice that it sounds pretty thick and heavy, and that's because it is a Bible. (laughs) Yes, a Bible. And what I'm holding in my hand right here is the Financial Stewardship Bible. And in it, uh, Howard Dayton and his uh, colleagues, they did a Bible study where they highlighted every verse in the Bible that pertained to money and finances and possessions, provision, trusting in the Lord with your money, and uh, they highlighted over 2,000 verses. And so what I'm holding in my hand right now is a Bible that has green highlights with 2,000 verses that have been highlighted. And so when I think of what's been really influential for me, I grew up in a, in a Christian home, uh, but we didn't talk a ton about money. Uh, my parents were uh, pretty good with money, but But it wasn't something that we talked a lot about, and it wasn't something I ever really heard in church growing up. And I don't know if that's just because I was young, and so they didn't necessarily talk about it with the kids that much. But it's something I never really learned about in church. Until I got a little bit older and started to hear about Larry Burkett and Howard Dayton and uh, Pastor Robert Morris uh, from Gateway Church in Southlake, who's my senior pastor now, and um, learning from these leaders how much was in the Bible. And so uh, just a, a thought, if you look at some of the things that Jesus said about money and Jesus, it's all over. The New Testament. There's four Gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John Mm -hmm. that record Jesus's life uh, from multiple different angles. And and when you begin to look at the stories and the parables that he told and the illustrations that he gave in his teachings, uh, he used money as an illustration constantly because he knew it was something that we all deal with. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Jesus said that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also there is a tie directly to where your finances are going, to where your heart is going. Mm -hmm. And so if I want to have a good marriage, then I'm going to invest my finances in that marriage and tie my heart into that marriage. Um, and, And he taught about having a heavenly perspective, which was a big deal to me because I had always thought about building my own kingdom and that I was the provider for my family. I was the provider for myself and that I had used my talents to provide my own wealth and yeah, you know, Jesus said, uh, or the Bible says that God gives you the abilities to produce wealth. And Jesus said, "Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, but store them up in heaven, where they can't be destroyed." And and so there's this constant battle that I've had with my own mindset of money and pursuing and trying to accumulate and grow. And every time I begin to struggle with you know, thinking of myself as too important or wanting money more than is a healthy uh, amount of wanting money. I don't even know what there is, what there is for a healthy want of money, but any but anytime that I've struggled with that back and forth, uh, when I go and read some of these 2,000 scriptures, and Jesus says that the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this world choke out uh, the word of God, and that's in Matthew or Mark 4:18, when He says that it chokes it out, uh, that scares me because I begin to realize that sometimes I I go off course from the deceitfulness of riches. I, I begin to pursue something uh, that is is temporal. It's only going to last on this earth. So, um, you know, the Bible has been a huge impact on my life uh, directly from the gospels, but literally all throughout um, has completely changed the way I view money ha- has offered me more contentment and gratefulness in my life. Uh, Has given me things to pursue. I believe that there's rewards based on the way that we manage, and it matters that we manage well. Uh, It's influenced the way that I save because it's a biblical principle. And all throughout the Bible, it talks about savings being wise. And so Mm -hmm. uh, in the house of the wise are choice stores of food and oil, Mm -hmm. but a foolish man devours all that he gets. Um, You know, debt, don't, don't. Pledge your hand in surety for another. Uh, you know, If you've caught yourself in surety, flee as fast as you can like a gazelle, uh, like a bird from the hand of the fowler. Uh, don't make a vow and not repay. It's better to not vow at all than to make a vow and not yeah, repay. Yeah. Uh, the borrower becomes servant to the lender. And these are things that I'm just off the top of my head throwing out there. Um, all of these things have deeply impacted my life. It's been a huge input for me. What about you, Leo?
0: That's good. I mean, ultimately yes jero did, did it for me what what larry was able to do for me was introduce me to the wisdom which he had and it wasn't his wisdom honestly it was i i learned this later that the counsel he would give was based on scripture it was based on what he understood from god's uh, word the bible so the first i remember i listened to him for over a year uh, as i was in my car driving back and forth to work i would listen to particular radio station that had his program on, and it was 30 minutes long, and he would answer questions. Part of the show was to answer questions, and people would ask just random practical questions like, should I refinance my house, pay off my credit card, or just, you know, anything and everything you can imagine. And I would listen, and I kept listening and kept listening, and and it just made sense to me. For the first time, somebody was talking about things that I never understood, mm-hmm. and now they were making sense, right? They were just connecting with my uh, my heart and, and I was able to understand what he was talking about. And at first I didn't know why I was so drawn to that to that show, but it spoke about a topic I was very, very interested in. And that was the money thing. I, I was trying to figure it out because we were under a lot of financial pressure at the time. But I listened to him over a year before I actually called uh, the organization that he was heading and I got this book and I'm actually, I have I have a copy of it in front of me and it's called The Family Financial Workbook. And it's a very practical guide. Uh, I think is still in print, but hmm. you know, it's not. You're not going to find it in a Barnes and Noble or anything like that. You'll have to find it online, maybe through Amazon, and order it. Um, but it was just a very practical book on how to actually get on a budget. Some of the topics in here were, um, you know, like I look at the table of contents. Is, uh, um you know, fail to plan, plan to fail, and talks about why everybody needs to have a budget. Um, it, it asks the question, where are you now? How do you set a budget, making your budget work, uh, some budget challenges, and then, of course, uh, some money-saving tips. And to me, it was it was just a very practical book, David, that I was able to understand for the first time, like, this is how you manage money. Because I was no different than anybody else. I started working, I opened up an account, I got some checks, and I started, you know, just putting money in the bank or spending money, and as long as I had more in the bank than I needed uh, or I didn't run to a negative, I thought I was doing well. But I had no concept of what it meant to save or invest, or I didn't understand any of these principles that I understand today. And this book was my introduction to it. But I didn't stop there. Uh, There were several books that he had written that I got a hold of afterwards. One of them is called The Word on Finances. And it's a fairly thick book. um, And it's basically taken a topical study of what the Bible says about everything that's related to finances. So he took every word that deals with finances, for instance, honesty, or uh, paying vows, or wisdom, or trust, um, bribery, covetousness, all these all these different topics that the Bible talks about, things that we deal with every day. And he found scriptures, he did the, a study of the whole Bible and found scriptures that specifically talked about, you know, that, that were specific to that topic. And so it's a list of different uh, biblical references that talk about interest, that talk about lending, that talk about borrowing, like, you know, all of that. And it was it was kind of a, it was so neat because he would give a brief description of, of he does, he gives a brief description of what the, what the term means. So interest, he'll say, this is what it means. And then he'll go and give you all these scriptures. And all of a sudden, it's like the light bulbs just started going off. It's like, oh, now I understand. And really, honestly, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home and I read the Bible most of my life. Probably as soon as I started reading, I probably did. And I knew all the stories, you know, from the Old Testament and all that stuff. But never understood what these scriptures were uh, and what they were talking about. Yeah, and it's weird how you can read something for years and not really understand it, and or understand it in a way that's not really clear or relevant. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden, it just it just started to make sense to me. And uh, so so that book was very beneficial. And then and then later on, I came across a book that he wrote called Business by the Book, mm. and this is uh, this is kind of an employer's guide a business owner's guide, I should say, on how to operate your business based on biblical principles. And it was, I remember it was accompanied by a video series that he put together. I think it was like, I want to say six videos. So it was a six week study with six videos and they had different people um, just kind of sharing a story or something. I forget all the details of it, but it it made such an impact on me because I, I understood how the practical things that I was reading in the Bible were, were relevant, not just to church life, because sometimes that's all you think, well, the Bible is for people who go to church. No, the Bible is is chock full of wisdom, of good practical advice, and uh, it's more than that, obviously, but it's really relevant to anyone that wants to, to benefit from the wisdom that's in it. Solomon, who was one of the wisest people that ever lived, wrote over a thousand uh, Proverbs, and so many of those are related to finances, and to me, that's that's you know it, it tells you <laughs> something when the guy who is the wealthiest person that's probably ever lived, uh, who knows maybe today Warren Buffett or Microsoft, uh, Bill Gates, Bill yeah, Bill Gates has surpassed him. But in that time, in the the amount of wealth that he had and the gold that was being brought in every year, he he obviously didn't struggle with with what he needed or wanted. But yet, so much of his his um, the proverbs and everything that he he wrote relate to money, and relate to how money impacts our lives. So, anyway, that those are just a few of the examples. Um, And like you, Pastor Robert Morris has impacted uh, me in the area of generosity. He's really helped me to understand generosity. In a way that I hadn't before. I always felt like you know you're supposed to be generous. I mean, I grew up <laughs> in a church, and a plate was passed every Sunday, so I just kind of figured it was par for the course. But uh, I've shared this story many times that I did not hear a message on a practical and relevant message on giving until I was 38 years old. Wow! And that was and and I grew up in the church, right? But that message was given by Robert Morris, and I I, I wasn't even attending his church at the time. I was actually uh, at a different church in the Metroplex in, in the DFW area, and uh, I was teaching a financial class as a Sunday school. Yeah. And a lady came in and said, "Hey, uh, I have this teaching. It's on giving, and would you be interested? Maybe you could use it in your in your class." And I said, "Sure." You know. So she gave me the uh, DVD set of his six part series, uh, "The Blessed Life," and I sat down and I watched the whole thing all the way through, and I was like, "Wow." I've never heard this before.
1: Unbelievable, and, yep. it,
0: and it was really, really impactful. I mean, I, my perspective on giving now has changed to the degree where it's just something that I do. It's something part that's part of my life. It's not, it's not something that I do if I can. It's something that I do because I know I can, and I make it a priority. But that wouldn't have happened had I not come across this content. Had yeah. I not been for Pastor Robert Morris and Larry Burkett and so many others that have contributed to my understanding. In my knowledge of finances, not just for the sake of money or for the sake of having enough or doing all the right things financially, but of what it means to me as a person—you know how it impacts my life, how it impacts the way I raise my children, how it impacts my my marriage, uh, how I deal with everybody—you um, know it, it's changed me. It yeah. really has changed yeah. me. I, uh, I I tell people this sometimes and people have a hard time understanding this because I was a pastor for 10 years, and, and when I say it, I think they don't believe it. But <laughs> I tell them, I said, if you would have known me 20 years ago, 25 years ago, you, you would have not been somebody that you would have wanted to stay friends with because uh, I was self-centered. Wow. Uh, I was completely focused on myself. Uh, I was right. Everybody was wrong. I was just a bull and a, and a stubborn, foolish young man. I mean, I just, I didn't, you know, but, and I wasn't teachable because I thought I knew everything. Um, but these men, many of these guys that have written these books that have been there to pour into me without knowing potentially, obviously, obviously most of them don't, some of these guys know me, but not all of them. Um, and for the fact that they've impacted me to that level, I think that that's the power of, I think, books and, and what people can do. Uh, when they take their life message and turn it into something that uh, impacts, life, you know, many lives past past themselves, and that to me is a, a debt I will never be able to repay. But I'm so grateful for it.
1: Yeah, the word on finances by Larry Burkett. And I remember you gave that book to me probably eight eight years ago-ish, somewhere between six and eight years ago. And I used to give it
0: to all my volunteers. It was the first book I gave them.
1: Yeah, and it was the first book I think you gave. Well, I think it was the second book you gave me. I think you may have given me what I'm holding in my hand right now, Your Money Counts mm. by Howard Dayton. And Your Money Counts is a little bit shorter books. So I think you probably started me off easy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I've purchased probably 30 to 50 of those, uh, The Word on Finance books by Larry Burkett to give to volunteers in the ministry, Mm -hmm. because uh, it literally is every topic uh, on finances, and it shows all the scriptures on it, and I love that. I love, okay, what does the Bible say about tithing? What does the Bible say about greed? What does the Bible say about buying a house? What does the Bible say about, you know, where you're going to live? You know, just very, very practical things, uh, but all the scriptures put together. So that's a huge, huge impact for me. So I am holding uh, Howard Dayton's, Your money counts, and uh, this book has been done several times. I'm holding a newer version, but it was another one. It was it's small, it's easy to read, it's very interesting. It's got a lot of engaging stories, and one of the things that he addresses in here is uh, you know poverty versus prosperity and what a really good definition of stewardship is. Mm -hmm. And I think that I've probably landed into a poverty mindset before, Mm -hmm. and I've probably believed in a prosperity gospel before. I've probably probably had a little bit of both of that in my life at different times, and to break both of those mindsets, to break the poverty mindset. And the poverty mindset would kind of say, hey, money's evil. You know, I, I, I'm I'm only ever going to meet my basic needs. Like, that's all I'm ever going to be able to do. I'm always going to be poor. Uh, you know, godly people are poor. Ungodly people are wealthy. If you have mm-hmm. money, then yeah. it, it probably means that you're not doing what God tells you to do. Um, poverty says, I give because I must. And my spending is without gratitude towards God. It's really focused on, you know, I earn this and and I'm going to scratch by of my own accord. And so I've lived with a poverty mentality before. I've probably dealt with a little bit of prosperity before. Uh, With prosperity, it would say that your possessions are a right. You know, you're a Christian. Therefore, you should have lots of nice possessions because you're a child of God. Therefore, you should have lots of nice stuff. Uh, You know, I work so that I can become rich because prosperity is the goal. Uh, godly people are wealthy. You know, if if you're doing good, godly things, you're always going to be wealthy. That's what a prosperity gospel would say. It would say the ungodly people are poor. Uh, I give to get. Yeah, the reason I give is so I can get something back, and I, I'm expecting God to always bless me every time I give to someone. You're sowing and, seeds. Yes, I'm so I'm a sowing harvest. Seeds. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, and then my spending is carefree and consumptive because you know I should always have whatever I want whenever I want it. And so th- that's the poverty and the prosperity. But a good stewardship mindset is you know my possessions are a responsibility. Mm-hmm. My possessions are not evil. My possessions are not a right but my possessions are a responsibility to manage that to the Lord. Uh, I work uh, to serve Christ, not to become rich, not only to meet my basic needs, but I work in order to serve Christ. Uh, Godly people are faithful. Instead of being wealthy or in poverty, godly people are faithful. They honor the Lord in the way they manage. So, you know, these are some of the things that really impacted me early on uh, breaking some of those broken mindsets. <laughs> breaking the broken mindsets. And and that's something that's, that's really impacted me. So I love when you gave me this book. So I'll, I'll kind of throw this out. You probably gave me this book, you know, eight years ago, and then you're The Word on Finance seven years ago, and then Money, Possessions, and Eternity six years ago, and probably a Stewardship Bible five years ago, who knows? Uh, but over time, just pouring books and resources into me, and then now I get the opportunity to do that with other people. And uh, and that's just been a huge blessing in my life. Another thing that's been interesting to me is First uh, Timothy six seventeen, and again we're going back to the Bible here, but this is something that Howard Dayton writes on and talks about, and it's the instructions to the rich and realizing who the rich are. And so I actually just taught a class this weekend, and I got to talk about the rich, and I talked about uh, you know some of the the traps of wealth. And, and I walked through that and I said, well, now that you know some of the sneaky traps of wealth, you know, what would you tell a rich person to do? And I'm talking to a big class and, and you know, what would you say to the rich person? What would you command them? And, and, and i them saying, envision a rich person in your mind. So, you know, as you're listening, envision a rich person. You know, what would you tell a rich person if you had Bill Gates in front of you or you had Warren Buffett or, you know, how, envision a rich person. Well, I went to the globalrichlist.com and I plugged in the median household income. And globalrichlist.com will tell you where you score on wealth across the whole world. And uh, according to the Global Rich List, if you earn the median household income in America, which is $54,000, uh, this is back in 2014, but it's fairly similar today in 2018. Um, if you earn the median household income, you are in the top one percent of the entire world. Right. And not just the top one percent, but you're in the top one quarter of one percent. It's point two five, you know, of one percent. It's not even it's just it's staggering if you're at the median household income in America, how wealthy you are. And uh, biblically, it says to command those who are rich, Not to be haughty nor to trust in their uncertain riches. So don't be prideful. Don't be arrogant. Don't trust in the money as if that's your source. It says that the riches, uh, but that you should be trusting in the living God who gives richly all things to enjoy. It says for them to do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. And that's really impactful for me because I, you know, I've had a desire in my life to learn about money and grow money and do good things with money. But I've always had this desire, and I'm like, what, you know, what would I tell a rich person? Well, it turns out, according to the global rich list, I am rich. <laughs> and it turns out, according to the Bible that I read and believe, what I should be doing is not trusting in the finances, but I should be trusting in the Lord, and I should be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, and storing up and heaven versus soaring up on earth so a lot of the stuff has really impacted me over the years uh the blessed life by pastor robert breaking um any kind of entitlement mentality any kind of uh uh, prosperity gospel in me it says no I don't give to get I give because I'm grateful and I give to honor God and uh, and it's really it's changed the way I think and give and it's made both Ashley and I much more generous not just in finances but generous with our time and generous with uh, our words and generous with the way we treat each other so huge yeah. impact
0: yeah well I couldn't agree more obviously um, I think the thing to that I, I would like to communicate is that you and I are really not that much different than anybody else that's I think listening to this yeah, episode. Absolutely. I would like to think I'm unique. I'd like to think I'm, you know, special, but but I'm not. I'm very much like anybody else. Uh, I've counseled probably at least two to three thousand people in the last fifteen years. And there's a lot of similarities between what I think and how I've thought and the things that I struggle with financially. Uh, And and just the attitudes about money and life, you know. One moment, everything's fine. The next moment, you know, you got something, uh, an expense or something happens that changes your whole financial picture or puts it in jeopardy. And all of a sudden, those feelings of fear, those feelings of insecurity start to creep in. And the next thing you know, you start to focus on exactly what you said we shouldn't be focusing on, the uncertainty of riches. Um, But… I think about that, and I think about all the people that I've talked to over the years, and I would just want to say we're we're all in this together. We're not, yeah. We're you know just because we have a podcast and talk about money doesn't mean that we don't have any troubles, <laughs> and doesn't mean we have so much money we don't know what to do with it. Nope. It is a constant. I won't say struggle. It's a constant responsibility to oh, manage. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's right? good. Because whether I have a lot or whether I have a little, it still takes responsibility to manage it. Sometimes we, we tend to think, I know I used to think this in the past, when I get to the place where I'm not struggling anymore and I have an extra $500, $1,000, $2,000, then I can really live. You know, I can, I can have the kind of lifestyle that I've always wanted. So I'm looking at it with the wrong perspective, or I used to, where I would think, you know, I'm just going to have to bear down and struggle right now until I get to a place where I have more. And here's the thing. There is no such place. Because when you get there, you're already looking two years ahead or five years ahead and you're thinking, when I have this, then I'll be happy. And I think you mentioned this in a previous show where it doesn't matter how much money we have. You know, you're you're looking at the guy who is making 50,000, you're thinking, gosh, I'm only making 25. If I was making 50, I'd be rich. Right, right. Or if I, you know, then, then the guy who makes 100 is really rich whereas the $50,000 a year guy is not rich. So it doesn't matter how you look at it. It's never going to be enough. And if we could just embrace the idea that money has ability to change us, either for the good or, unfortunately, for the bad. Yeah. And it's funny. My wife and I watch – we like to watch like shows like CSI. We just love the mystery of it and and trying to figure out who did it and all that, just from the clues. And it never fails. There's always (laughs) – I mean there's always money at the center of it. Yeah. it seems like 90% yeah, that's the, of the motive time. or the, yep. The motive is always money, you know. Yep. Somebody's not happy because whatever and it's always somewhat to do with money or greed or selfishness or whatever. And if we're just aware of this that that there's a problem and if we take to heart what you read earlier that the deceitfulness of riches we got to be careful and if we're not careful before we know it we've already you know, gone headlong into a, a nasty situation that's going to have significant consequences, negative mm-hmm. consequences. So my, uh, my hope is, as we're sharing today, really just more about what's brought us to this point, point. and it's a different show than we've done in the, the past, I know, but we did that on purpose. We wanted you, our audience, to know we don't have it all figured out. Yeah. We're still learning. Gosh, if anything, the fact that we're doing this podcast makes us more diligent to make sure that what we're offering to you is actually true and accurate, that we're not just coming to you with opinions, that we're coming to you with facts and things that are actually going to be useful and things that are going to help you uh, to find that place where money has its right place in your life. And it's not the most important thing, but it's also not ignored and it's also not mismanaged so that you can truly focus on the things that matter, your family your purpose, your career, the things that are going to bring value, not just to you and your family in a monetary sense, but value to your life. You do things that will surpass you. You'll, you'll pass away, but the people who will have benefited from you uh, will continue to be blessed and benefit, and they will continue to benefit because of what you have done uh, during your lifetime. And you can't do that if your focus is strictly on just making money. because yeah. You'll use people yeah oh yeah you'll 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 do whatever it takes just to get to that next level and uh anyway for for us it's it's a journey that we continue to take mm-hmm. and we're grateful that you're you know you're on the journey with us and we hope that you're benefiting from uh, this podcast that it's making you think differently about money that's really our our hope is not just to give you practical advice although that's part of it our hope is that you can walk away from the information that we're sharing and the stories and even our own experiences and that you'll learn from them and hopefully use them in your own life and that will take you to a place where you can truly live the life that you're created and designed to live.
1: That's right. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your device. Uh, make it easier for other people to find us. Help us out. You can also share this podcast on social media. You could share it through an email. You can literally just send an email to your best friend or your top five co-workers and let them know, hey, this is something I've been listening to. You can find the show notes on this episode and more content and resources at leosebo.com. And we look forward to having you join us next time so that together, we can keep getting money right when i go and read some of these 2000 scriptures and jesus says that the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this world choke out uh, the word of god and that's in matthew or mark 4:18 when he says that it, it chokes it out. Uh, that scares me because I begin to realize that sometimes I, I go off course from the deceitfulness of riches. I, I begin to pursue something uh, that is, is temporal. It's only going to last on this earth.